Welcome to Map It Marketing for small business owners who want to become more confident and capable in their marketing. I'm Rachel Claver, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I've learned that there are so many different things that we are supposed to do all the time. And trying to work it all out is quite frankly often very confusing. In this podcast, we're going to explore what those things are and whether you need to pay attention to them. Ready? Let's get started. The moment you hit our next guest's website, you definitely know what sort of person she's attracting. You know that she is going to attract people who are ready to step into their own light and stop hiding behind fears and worries to help them stand in their own brand and walk confidently to build their business. And she calls herself a brand navigator. I think that's a great term to explain exactly what she does. Lauren Clement is our guest today, and I'm super excited to have her. She's going to talk to us about how her business, the Audacious Agency, had to work out for themselves exactly who they were going to target and what they were going to say and do and offer. And then she's going to share with us some of her winning knowledge around neurobranding, how the brain understands brands, and talk to us about how that could be applied to your business. I'm super excited to have her along with us to talk to us about how our brands can find that niche and really talk to them. So let's get started and start learning alongside Lauren Clement. It's going to be an awesome session. I'm so excited. Um, welcome to Mapit Marketing. And uh, this is Lauren. Um, and Lauren, I've just done an introduction about you and told everyone how amazing I think you are. So I'm not going to wrap it on about what I've said too much. But I was wondering if we could just start right from the bat of you telling everyone a little bit about what you do and a little bit about the Audacious Agency, which I teased a little bit about um, in my introduction, which you haven't heard. Not very fair, right? Why not? Just throw me in the deep end. I love it. That's brilliant. It's awesome to be here, Rachel. Thank you so much for inviting me on the Map It Marketing podcast. I think what you're doing is brilliant and it's really helping so many people. So well done. That's so thank cool. You. And thank you everyone for listening. I mean, you don't have podcasts if you don't have listeners. So thank you so much for tuning in to find out what to do with your marketing and how to get yourself out there. So very quickly, yes, the Audacious Agency, what a cool name for a business, eh? I don't very know, cool name. Must have been very drunk the night we came up with that one. Um, so what happened was I had uh, my own business, a branding business called the Ultimate Business Propeller, and my current business partner, the lovely Annette Dencham, who's my co-founder in the Audacious Agency, had her business called Publicity Genie. And for a number of years, we knew each other, we would refer work to each other, you know, she would have clients come to her wanting to get in the media, but she realised they didn't really know their brand, they didn't know their audience, so she'd send them to me, I'd help them figure out all of that, and then I'd pass them back to her, or I'd have amazing clients who would get their brand sorted, they know their audience, they'd know exactly what their message was, they'd get their books written, they'd start to be speaking, and they go, right, I need to get in the media, and I'd go, well, here's Annette, meet Annette. So, so we were like working together, sort of circling each other and working together for a long time, probably a couple of years. And one day, Annette actually said to me, okay, so you've told me that you used to work for world-leading advertising agencies. And mm-hmm. I did. I used to work at Saatchi and Saatchi and Ogilvy's and Clemingers and all these amazing agencies who won lots and lots of awards. But she said to me, how come you haven't won any awards? And I went, oh, that's a fair question, you know. And yeah. I said to her, 
Well, I actually think that awards are a bit of a a wank, to be honest with you. They're a bit of an ego trip. They're like, it's all about me and I'm not the sort of person who wants to jump into the limelight. I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable, Lauren, because this is the stuff I say. I've won one as well, but I I also feel that way. So I I understand. And now you're going to tell me and prove to me that I'm wrong, right? Absolutely, because I have to prove to myself. I just thought awards were just like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. They're just a piece of paper or whatever. And so she encouraged me to enter and I entered, the first awards I entered was an international business award. So I didn't just, you know, try something local, you know, push yourself right out there. So I went for an international um, Stevie award and the Stevies are like the Oscars of business. And they've got a um, a couple of different categories around the world. One of them is the Asia Pacifics, which includes New Zealand, Australia and the Asia Pacific region. So I entered that and I was up against, I didn't know this at the time, but I was up against some really big advertising and marketing and media companies. And I won a Silver Stevie Award. It was like, nice one. And the biggest thing it taught me, Rachel, was, was, well, there are two things. One was there's no such thing as not good enough. Yeah. And that was that whole imposter syndrome, you know, the itty-bitty shitty committee that all of us have going, yeah, you haven't really done enough, you're not really good enough. And by the way, any minute now, someone's going to find out that you're a fraud. So that knocked that on the head. And the second thing was when I started learning about neurobranding, which is understanding how the brain sees brands, I really was worried about putting myself out there as an expert because I've got no credentials in that. I didn't go to university to study it. I actually contacted um, one of the leading neurobranding experts in the world, a guy called Mm -hmm. Peter Stahl. He was based in Germany, and he now lives in Australia, interestingly enough. But I contacted him, and we actually managed to have a chat. And I said to him, look, do you think I should go to university? If I did, which one would you suggest? And he looked at what I'd done, and he said, look, if you do go to university, you probably would be best being the lecturer, because if you were Ah. a student, you'd have to unlearn so much of what you already know. He said, based on what I see you doing, I think you should just keep doing it and awesome. don't worry about getting credentials. So this shows, right? Doesn't it? Doesn't it? So by the time I'd then won an international award for neurobranding, for the program that I'd created to help entrepreneurs understand how the brain sees brands and create a brand that really resonates and engages with your audience, I now had an independent panel of judges who also thought it was worthy and it was good and it was award-winning. So that sort of overcame my own little bit of, you know, that itty-bitty shitty committee that I wasn't good enough to the point that what I created was not only good, it was award-winning. I've so definitely we, written that um, phrase down, by the way. I was like, that phrase is coming out again. Itty-bitty, which one's that? itty-bitty shitty committee? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you just got to tell them to be quiet every now and again. So so after that, I, I, I came back from that and I said to Annette, there's something in this. We need to talk more. Mm. And we basically started to get together around awards because from a credibility point of view, it was amazing. From a publicity point of view, it just it's like media leveraging its socks off. Yeah. Um, and from a personal branding point of view, it's absolute gold. So yeah. we then looked at it and went, well, we took a couple of people over to the um, Stevie's, the International Women in Business Awards in New York. It was York. in New York, wasn't it? Because I've, I've watched yeah. you guys a couple of, you know, for a few years just in different uh, Facebook groups and things like that, and I remember watching you come and do that. And it was actually the first time I'd heard of the Stevie Awards. I'd never heard of them before. Um, and I remember you guys did pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. So the first year we went and we were just feeling our way and we had a great group of of women that went with us and we just our table was covered with awards 
and we had Australian and New Zealand flags. The Americans thought we were an absolute hoot. We were the life and soul of the party. So we went back again the next two years. Unfortunately, COVID stopped us from going this last year and probably this year as well, but we're looking forward to 2022. Um, But, yeah, so a great opportunity to network and meet amazing people around the world. So the first time we did it, Annette and I really got together and went, well, this is like on fire. We should just be working together. So we basically, I think we probably were drunk when we came up with the name, um, probably in New York. And we came up with the Audacious Agency and we joined our two businesses together. So personal branding, publicity, marketing strategy, book marketing, getting yourself to be a paid speaker, you know, getting yourself a great online presence, basically positioning yourself as the go-to expert Mm. so that you're no longer the world's best kept secret. And we've been doing that now for just over a year together as the Audacious Agency. And much as it's funny from the inside looking out, it's like so hard and frustrating and it takes so long and so on. On all accounts, we're absolutely kicking goals. So we're still winning awards. Our our clients are doing amazing things. They're getting in the media. They're launching businesses and brands. They're winning awards. They're doing amazing things. And I guess that's what it's all about, isn't it, Rachel? Absolutely. Then you're successful. And I think too, uh, like I, I can just hear the joy that's coming out of you as you talk about it. And I like I was um I had a big year last year. We we grew like 300 percent and and by the end of the year I was feeling pretty burnt out. And I, I said this morning I, I on my live, I said, I'm actually feeling a bit guilty about how much I love work now. Like I am doing all the stuff I love to do. I've managed to get rid of all that other stuff. And it is an amazing thing to grow a business that you love and that you can see all the purpose behind, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I was talking with a client this morning and we talked about um, the book A Man's Search for Meaning, which was written by Viktor Frankl. And mm. he wrote it basically when he was in one of the concentration camps. I mean, what an amazing place, incredible place to write man's search for meaning in such a, a negative, destructive, mm. awful place. And yet what he did was he saw that if you don't have purpose and if you don't have meaning, your life means very little. So it's you've got true. to find stuff that makes you passionate, that gets mm. you out of bed of the morning, that makes you really motivated because then it's not work, is it? It's not. It just feels. It feels like I, I used the phrase the other day. It feels like putting a hot knife through butter. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually talking about good selling and how cold calling is often not like putting a hot knife through butter. But, you know, <laughs> luckily, I don't have to do it. But you know. <laughs> so, so tell me, like for you, who do you do your best work with? Like who? Like how did you work it out? Did you know right away the types of people that you'd work with, or did you struggle at first working out? Like, obviously, by the time you and Annette got together, you probably had a fair idea. But when you started, did you struggle kind of working out that sweet spot of the people that you'd work with? Uh, No, I knew exactly who I wanted to work with when I started Mm -hmm. my own business. So I'd come from the the large corporate world working in advertising agencies. I worked as brand manager in corporate. Mm -hmm. And then I had my own advertising agency in New Zealand before I'd moved out to Australia. And I knew who I didn't want to work with. Oh, it makes it easier. It was easier, yeah. (laughs) But I also, I saw a trend. So it's when you can can find a demand mm-hmm. and you've got that expertise that you know is right mm-hmm. at the right time and the right place. So what I did my research on was the the fastest growing industries. And, and the fastest, one of the fastest growing sectors is professional services. Mm. So coaches, consultants, business mentors, anyone who sells their time and their expertise for money. And that was growing exponentially, still is. So 70, 80% growth 
year on year in this particular sector. Mm -hmm. But with that, I also noticed there was a problem. And the biggest problem was all of these people were getting into their own businesses. They were stepping out of corporate or they were starting their own consultancy. They were getting started and they knew nothing about positioning themselves in the marketplace. They really don't. And they don't have any understanding about pricing, do they? Because they've had high-paying salaries. Um, they've often had huge budgets for marketing where they can waste money on stuff. Mm -hmm. And suddenly they have to pay for everything and work out how to do it themselves. And they can't do it, save an underling go to this Facebook ad stuff for me or go write this press release. Suddenly it's all on them, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And they're the ones who, they want to be out there. They want to be seen as the real estate leader or the mm. accounting genius or whatever it is, or the business coach entrepreneur. They want to be out there doing that stuff. And like you say, they can't just hand off to somebody. No. Um, they've got to either do it themselves or in the case of our ideal client, they're using their receptionist to do their social yes. media yes. or, you know, their wife or... <laughs> yes, that's quite common, yeah. <laughs> And there's no real strategy. So they're no. just all knee-jerk reaction. And they're doing, I guess, the, the commonality between my clients and Annette's clients, the thing we found that they were both doing that was the problem, we call it WOFTAM, W-O-F-T-A-M, and it stands for Waste of Fucking Time and Money. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. I, I've had enough of this. I've, I've, like you say, I've wasted some yeah. money boosting ads on Facebook yeah. or I've paid someone thousands of dollars to do my SEO or I've done all this other, I've wasted all this money and it hasn't delivered me any results. And mm. it's not because it's not possible to get results that way. It's just you don't have a strategy. You don't know what your message is. You don't know how to stand out from the competition. You haven't worked out what's the hook. Why is it that somebody should care? Why should they want to talk to me? And that's why they end up doing WASTAM. It's so, I think this is the biggest thing because I, um, I I run a whole day called Map It, which is what this is kind of, this podcast is based on, and it's tactics. And for the first year or so, I just did that. And then I realized that I was actually creating a nightmare for clients who were, or people coming, who were going and doing all these tactics, and I was potentially helping them waste money. So at the beginning now, we say, you know, who is your target market? And if you tell me everyone, I'm going to get a blunt knife and slowly stab myself to death and bleed out in front of you. You know, and so I'm saying that, what is your positioning? Are you a high end or a middle or low end? And, and what are the things you want to say special? And I say, if you can't answer that to me now, and I'm going to give you a few minutes to kind of write it down, then everything I do in here, you have to put on a shelf because yes. all of this stuff here is just tactics and what you really need to know is that, and I think that is the thing that most business owners, small business owners find very hard, even if they're good at doing it for themselves, like a coach or a consultant. I'm actually just about to start work with someone and she is like the, one of the most amazing business growth specialists I've ever come across. The business that she's grown amazing has absolutely no idea how to explain that to someone else about herself. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that's the hard part. And I guess... If you're not sure if that's you, the easiest thing to do is to get someone to ask you that question. So what do you do? And then look at your watch as you yes. try to explain it. And if you are still talking after 15, 20 minutes or even five minutes, it's too long. So you've really, it's funny, I've got my extra brain here today. Oh, I love the brain. Explain brain. the brain. Um, which when you're listening to the podcast, you can't see, but I'm holding a little brain in front of me. It's quite actually, disgusting, actually. It's squishy and she's about to eat it. I think it's just, no, no, she's not. <laughs> um, so, but the thing is, our brains are being absolutely walloped. Mm. They're being so bombarded with messages these days that if you can't succinctly, very, very quickly 
in a killer intro, in a, a bio or a hero story, get across what is it that you do and why someone should choose you, if you've lost them. It's too late. And they'll be bright, shiny object artists off to something else. So, you know, you've got to realise that if you want to stand out in a very, very overcrowded world, mm. and back in the 1970s, our brains were being hit with about 500 branded messages a day. Today, it's over 5,000. Mm. So that's how extraordinary that it's just become with all the different social media channels. Now there's Clubhouse and there's all these other new things. It's you know, too much. It's overload, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's a word that someone used the other day which I love called infobesity, which I oh, thought I was... I really good. like this. Infobesity. It's what we're all suffering from. There's too much information. So if, yeah, if it takes you longer than about two and a half minutes max to explain what you do and why someone should choose you, it's too long. You need to figure it out. You need to get really clear. And, and one of the, I mean, the discussion we're having today mostly is around your niche. What do you do and who do you want to serve? Because my, my saying is you can't help every Mary in the dairy, right? <laughs> you just can't. It's exhausting. It is and exhausting. It's, it's, it's and no one, no, no one picks you. Because if, you, if you're showing them that you do everything, everyone's going to be like, I can't, that's too much for my brain. It's exploding. Tell me the one thing you can help me with. You can tell, I always say be an iceberg, you know, like at the top, you show them the little bit of stuff you do at the top and then you can have all this other stuff underneath, but that little iceberg is the thing they need to know about first. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Um, actually, I, was, um, I read this thing years ago and I use it quite a lot and it reminded me of that 5,500 pieces of content. Um, it was that if we picked up the paper today, not that anyone actually buys a print paper, but if we picked up the print paper, apparently it's got more words in it than Socrates would have read in his entire lifetime. Wow. I know. That's the information overload, right? Yeah. And, and also... And he I, was one of the smart ones. So yes, that's he, was, he actually could read. <laughs> And the other one I find really fascinating, just looking at TikTok and Reels and things like that, is, you know, TikTok started as a 60-second platform and then it went down to 30 seconds and 15. And now they're saying the optimum time is seven. So, you know, like trying to get your message across succinctly in a short, little squeezy bit of time is really essential. And yeah. it has to flow off the tongue. You can't go, oh, um, oh I'm not too sure how to explain this. Or, uh, you know, I, I, think, I think it's not having to be too clever with it because you don't want people to to misunderstand it but it is hard isn't it for people to feel like they've got that piece of information they can pass on right away yeah absolutely well there's a thing inside the brain called the amygdala and i know you, you know what this is oh you can explain it away this is great it's a very very old part of the brain seth godden calls it the lizard brain because yes. it really is so ancient and it's there to keep us safe so it acts like a filter so mm. if there's all this noise and confusion it's just going to block out stuff or filter out stuff that you don't think is, is necessary or interesting. So mm -hmm. you have to actually understand exactly who your niche is, who your ideal client is, and where, why have they got to that point in their life that they now need you? What is making them look for you? Mm. Um, it, it brings on something in the brain called reticular activation. So this is the, the example I always use is, say, for example, there might have been a car that you've always wanted to have, and you went, the minute you went, oh, I love a yellow Ferrari, I'd really like a mm. red Porsche or a, I'd like a, a black Mercedes, whatever it is, you just decided I wanted whatever the brand or model was. All of a sudden, you would have seen lots more of them around the place, yeah? You would have seen the yeah. ads, there would have been loads of them around you on the roads, and they were always there. It's just your brain blocked them out mm. because they weren't interesting. The minute you went, I want one of those, that's when you started noticing them. So that's what you've got to do with your brand is the minute someone says, I really need a great forensic accountant or I really need someone who's holistic 
mm. around dentistry or I need someone who can help um, women who are mothers in the workplace or I need someone who just needs to help kids um, graduate into a, a different school, whatever it is, whatever they need right now, what's led them to that point? Mm. What are their dreams and their desires and their pains and their worries and their anxieties and so on? And why should they see and notice and engage with you? So that's that's going to help you build a brand, but it's also going to help you create content that you know is going to stand out at the right time. Because I, I look at that and I go, okay, so I've got a question for you about your ideal client because you talked about the WAFTAM, which I really yes. love that phrase. So for you, like if you like if, if we talk about people who come out of corporate, and I love that that's one of your target markets because I see them all the time and I know they struggle. For you, a lot of the people that would come would be unlikely they might, you still work with them, but it wouldn't necessarily be people who are fresh out of corporate. It would be those ones who've done the waftan moment and have looked at it and gone, I've just wasted all this money. Now. And almost it's a come to Jesus moment of I need to yeah. repent for all the money I've spent. Is that absolutely, right? Absolutely, Rachel. And it's interesting because I'd much rather work with people before they waste mm. But so often, if I had a, a dollar for every time someone has said to me, I wish I'd met you six months ago or I wish I'd met you two years ago because mm. we would have wasted so less time and money and effort on stuff that just wasn't going to work mm. um, and now they get the clarity and they know what they're doing so yeah our, our ideal client the, the big pain point for them is frustration yeah. so they are they think they're busy they are doing all the hours they're putting so much effort into building their business and they just feel like they're treading water mm. and they're the world's best kept secret they know they've got really good product or an amazing service or they've got something that's really, really good and it, and it mm. works. When they get a client in front of them or a prospect in front of them, they know they can convert and they know they get results. The trouble they've got they is more. down the road, yeah. there's a young chicky babe who's only just come out of college and she's started a fresh yeah. or whatever. With a wow in a hand pocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. Yes. Winning all this but she's nowhere near as good as you are. And it's mm. so unfair. It brings out the Libra in me, Rachel, that it's like, oh, it's so unfair. Um, I want to balance the scales a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's the frustration is that people are, they're, they're already working hard and they're already spending a lot of time and money, but it's just not working. And they're just going, I'm better than this. Because I do think that that is one of the biggest things that people who are excellent at what they do have to understand, isn't it? That actually it's not how good we are when it comes to marketing. It's how well we tell the story of how good we are. So you can have someone who is actually not experienced, hasn't got any of the knowledge and base you've got, they're just better at conveying that message to a client, yeah. to another base, you know. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. Yeah. that's why they'll be chosen. Yeah. Grant Cardone, he's got a great saying. He says, it's not the best that wins, mm. it's the best known that wins. And it's so true. I mean, if years ago we used to talk about the, the Betamax versus the HS God, I'm showing my age with this technology. Oh, so I have no idea what you're talking about. I wish I had no idea. I definitely know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is a technology where you had two different types of, of videotapes. And one of them was far superior quality, better sound, better visual. Everything about it was better, better quality. But it didn't last very long. So the, the tapes were only, you know, 30 to 40 minutes long. And the average movie is like an hour and a half. So for a beta movie, you'd have to take a tape out and put another one back in to watch a whole movie. VHS was ship quality. It used to catch all the time. It was nowhere, you know, it used to wear out really quickly. Yeah. But it was two hours, three hours long. You could watch okay. a whole movie without having to change the tape. 
you just blow my mind. I had no idea that that was the difference. That was the difference. It was all about usability. Oh, usability. Okay. So VHS absolutely took off. And when videotapes were out, good old, you know, all these video stores and, and those blockbuster that no longer exists, yes. all their shelves were VHS mm-hmm. with a couple of Betamax and in the end a couple of Blu-ray discs. If anyone yeah, the Blu-ray. Um, my husband had a Blu-ray player. Blu-ray. He was convinced it was the next big thing and then Netflix arrived. Correct, and the technology just went completely. So, so yeah, so that's the thing. It's not the best that wins. You can be mm-hmm. one of the best coaches, one of the best accountants. You can have amazing results with your clients, but if no one knows about it, you'll get beaten. I love it's not the best that wins because I think that that is... I feel that people who are, have got a lot of integrity and are really good people really struggle with this concept because it's not fair. And we have the strong idea of this fairness, that Libra inside of you. We have the strong idea that, that if you are the best, you will win out. And it's not true. Oh, it's very sad, but it's not true. And it is perception. Mm. It is. And it's weird. You can get Amazon best-selling author status in three days. It's not hard. It's a process. You can do it. It doesn't cost anything. You can get it done. It, does it mean anything? Probably not. Is but it sounds great. Probably not. But if you say I'm an Amazon best-selling author and my book's a best-selling book, that's all perception because that tells you that it's been read, that somebody has downloaded it and wanted it. Did so, you hear about um, the guy, Mike Winnett? He's a, he does entrepreneur stuff. He's in the UK. He proved the system right. He he loaded up a book to Amazon that had literally, it was a 60-page book, and it just had blank page here, blank page here as the text, and it was a bestseller. And he only had to sell 30 copies to make it a bestseller. That's what you can do. You don't even have to do that. You just have to be one of the bestsellers in your category on the day. Yes. Screenshot and you're done. I've done it I don't know how many times. But the thing is, it's not, you've still got to, Take the effort to put the books. Yes, yes. Right? and you're still going to be good because you're going to get found yeah. out, right? Correct, because this is the thing. If you then get put to the test, if you then go to market and you're a speaker and you talk about things and someone says, oh, I'd like a copy of your book, and you're in the back of your mind going, it's a 60-page book that just says blank page, Yes. you are never going to be authentic. You're never going no. to say and it just it won't happen there'll be an, a misalignment and people I mean you know that when you come across somebody who's disingenuous you get that feeling and you just know that it's is not that right not yeah. it's not a good feeling absolutely and chances are they're either overselling or they're trying too hard or they're trying to help every Mary in the dairy and that you know there's you can't put your finger on it but they really aren't genuine about what they're doing I have to, I'm running down every Mary in the Dairy because I think that's awesome. Every Mary in the Dairy, absolutely. So Don't you guys call it a corner shop or are you bringing out your Kiwi side in that side? <laughs> no, it's definitely a Kiwi side. See, the Dairy to me was definitely the place you went to buy the ice cream. So Yeah. Was, yeah, where is it? When you're in Australia, the corner shop also happens to often have nice salami. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, well, certainly in Melbourne and Sydney. I don't yes. see Brisbane. Brisbane's more you're going to find mangoes and stuff. But, oh, okay. Well, I'm jealous about that too. So can you, like, let's just talk a little bit about your target market. And then I'm going to, at the end of this, like after we finish, I'm going to do like a little bit about how to broaden that a bit further for people who are listening who might not be that niche. But what do you think people in your niche find is tricky about getting who their voice is, that personal brand or that, that thing that makes them different. What are the, some of the things that they find tricky? Yeah, I think one of the things that I've, I'm experiencing a lot right mm. now, and it's a growing trend, is as entrepreneurs, and I'm going back to the entrepreneurial brain, get my brain out again. Oh, yes, um, it is. 
We are really good at overpowering that amygdala that I talked about, that fear centre in our brain. Mm. So when we stepped out of corporate or we started our own businesses, we basically had this fear centre of our brain shouting at us, it's going to be too hard, it's going to be too difficult, where do you get clients, you're going to pay the bills. It was screaming at you not to do it. But you basically said, no, I know there's going to be risks, but I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I'm going to do it anyway, right? So you overpowered the fear centre in your brain. So you've got to, entrepreneurs have superhuman brains. The trouble is with superhuman brains is they always have the kryptonite. And the kryptonite is bright, shiny object-itis. <laughs> and that's what I see being a oh, massive love. thing right now. And it's because we've got all these opportunities. So back in the day when I was working in advertising before the internet, you had TV, radio, press, billboard, mm-hmm. a little bit of outdoor, maybe some direct marketing, you know, nothing too too difficult in those sorts of terms, but it was expensive and you couldn't test it. If you, if you wanted to test a TV ad, you were up for two, three hundred thousand dollars Yeah. If it didn't work, you had to start again, right? So because of that, there was always strategy. There mm-hmm. was research. There was testing. There was making sure that this concept, this idea was going to work, right? It was on the right channel at the right time, right audience, right message. Everything you do like... Focus groups and stuff, eh? Like, can you get everything? You can research stuff to death. But anyway. yeah, absolutely. Well, you don't want to. You don't want to get the ad campaign fail and then have your name on the chopping block for the next restructure, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, you just move advertising agencies, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but then came along the internet. So now you can create your own mm. YouTube channel and have your own TV station. You can have your own radio station on Clubhouse or a podcast. You can write books. You can create online magazine, you can do whatever you want for next to nothing. Mm. So that's great. It's awesome for entrepreneurs that you can do that. And it's two-way. You get people responding to you and you can test things really quickly. The trouble is it's almost too easy. Mm. So you do the Gary Vaynerchuk and you just do content, 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 content. And all of a sudden you're all over the place. So what I'm seeing at the moment and the big thing I think people are grappling with is what's the difference between my business brand and Mm. my personal brand? Oh, I think this is huge. Yep. So they end up with... It's hard, right, working out what that line is. So they end up with a business website over here and then they've started up, oh, I'm going to write a book, so then there's a site over here for my book and I'm going to be a speaker, so there's another website. And I've got Instagram for this and I've got LinkedIn for that and then I do this. And all of a sudden they've got multiple platforms, multiple brands, and they are basically going insane. So that's when they come to us, and I love those sorts of clients because basically I teach them about brand hierarchy. And I talk to them about, look, you've got this bright, shiny object-itis. You've you've overpowered the fear centre in your brain. You keep coming up with these amazing content ideas. You now need to figure out what's the litmus test, what stays, what fits with your brand and what doesn't. You need to actually sit down and work out where do you want your brand to be in three years' time. Mm. Because then you can, every time you have a, a mad idea in the shower or when you're walking the dog or getting drunk at night, like Annie and I used to do when we came up brand names, um, some of the best ideas come from late nights. Um, but, yeah, when you have those things in the light of day and when you're sober, you can go, does this fit with my brand? Is this going to help me get closer to my goal or is it just a distraction? Is this going to help me be recognised? as what I want to be known from the marketplace? Is it going to build me a reputation as the go-to in that space? And is it going to earn me respect? I love it. I charge more for what I do. Yeah. And if it's not, I love that. it goes. So I, this is great because this is actually why I'm not using Clubhouse at the moment. I love Clubhouse as an idea and I love the tool it has. 
most of my clients are not on that space. Some of them, I could say, oh, there's a big market I can, but my clients are nervous about using Facebook and Instagram. So going on Clubhouse is a bad idea. I would love to be on Clubhouse. I could happily spend days. I saw someone the other day who said, in the last seven days, I've spent 70 hours on Clubhouse. And I mean, I would love that. I, I love that. But I consider that for me at the moment as a bright, shining object. I've got a plan. I know where I'm going. And it's so easy to let FOMO set in and go, if I don't do this new thing, like what's going to happen to my business? Well, actually, it's going great. I don't need that. I'm going to focus on my core messaging. Yeah, absolutely. You've hit it on the head, Rachel. And it is that FOMO that if you let mm. the bright, shiny object just rule what you do, and FOMO takes over, you'll end up with this really scattergun approach. Mm. And the trouble is, if you're not sure on what it is you do and how your personal brand fits with your business brand and so on and what that hierarchy is, how do you expect your prospect to be sure of what you do and to trust you? So you've got to be really clear. Do you think, too, that there is a thing where, like I always say that you're, if, you, if you're the business, like you're a coach or a consultant, your own values do you have to be very similar to your business values otherwise you're going to get unstuck very fast but do you think there's still a thing too where people are reluctant to show too much of themselves online because they're worried that it will remove from themselves a layer of privacy that is so hard to find in these days like what do you say to people who are struggling with that yeah absolutely and I mean you've sort of got to get to a point where you've got to get real with where we are in the world today and if you want your privacy don't post it anywhere you know, because in reality, why are you putting on Facebook something that you only want your family to see? I mean, in reality, you see your family, or if you don't because yes. they're in another country, then mark it family only, so only your family get to yes. see it. You know, otherwise it's just an ego trip. Mm. So let's get real about this. I did a test on Facebook a number of years ago now, and I started up, I've got my own profile and a business page, and I started a um, personal profile, like a, a fan page type thing yes. as well. Like Oprah and Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, I've got one too. Yeah, yeah. Good ego I start that up and I try and drive traffic there and see what happens. Yeah. It was so misaligned, it wasn't funny. Mm. Where I really do a lot of my work on Facebook is in groups. And mm. I could only interact in groups yeah. as me. Yeah. Okay. So I actually shut down my, my hero profile, if you like, on Facebook. And I just turned my private page into my personal brand page. So people see stuff on there. They see me sailing. They see me when I go skydiving. They see me when I'm speaking. They see me when I'm, you know, posting something inspirational or I'm inviting them to an event. So it's a really nice mix of content that's useful, but a bit about me, nothing too personal that someone could go and trade my identity and steal my bank account. You know, I'm not going to be stupid. Yeah. No. <laughs> but that they get to know who is it behind the brand. Mm -hmm. So there's two things here. Your own personal DNA as the business owner is going to flow over into your business brand. There's no doubt about it. Your values, your mission, the things that you stand for, they are all going to come out in the way that you run your business, the type of people you have around you, the systems and processes you have or don't have. I mean, just look at Virgin, for example. Richard yes. Branson is absolutely 100% through that. Throughout absolutely. That. Yeah. Unashamedly. And he gets away with things because of who he is that other people would have a huge outcry about because it was like, oh, it's just Richard. He can get away with that. He can get away with it. Yep. So, but on the flip side, he also posts on social media when something personal happens, whether his mother passed away yeah. the other day, you know. So you get to know them as a person. We don't buy from businesses and brands. We buy from people. We want to know mm -hmm. who's behind the business. 
So it's interesting that because I had a fight, not a fight, well, a disagreement on the internet with another marketer. Um, and he was talking about how Instagram, you should never show on your business account, you should never show photos of your children, your pets, what you're doing for dinner and those sort of things. And I was like, we've got, you'll know about Whitaker's, um, Australians probably don't, but Whitaker's chocolate. And they've literally, they've just done a family, a Mother's Day campaign where they paid an agency to interview people who work in their office about their relationships with their mothers and their children. Yeah. So, so I'm like, well, but, you know, yes, it's okay. You, you have limits, you know. You obviously don't want to hear about every scrap you're having with your children or your husband or whatever, um, you know, and I don't want to have emotional meltdowns coming at me every day. But sharing a bit of your private life, how does people feel like they're talking to a real human? Yeah, absolutely. And the big thing, I love the Whitaker's brand. I mean, it's good, honest chocolate. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> down to earth. That's what they talk about, real people. And mm. I love that. I'm going to have to go and check out that campaign. But, yeah, the big thing to ask yourself is what's the purpose of this? Mm. If the purpose is to show the Whitaker's staff and their relationship with their mums make people feel good about buying the chocolate, awesome. It's absolutely spot on brand. If it's, oh, let's do some fun thing and talk about mums, it just, you know, nothing, right? So, mm. you know, you've got to think about the purpose. And I do it naturally. You know, we talked before about the stuff that we do with ease. And it's that my yes. little statement, you know, the stuff, your expert ease is the stuff you do with ease that other people find difficult. That's why they call it expert ease. Yeah. You just do Ooh, it. I like that. Like that knife through butter idea. Yeah. It's yeah. just so easy. My expertise, my superpower is taking an everyday occurrence and turning it into a personal branding lesson. I could be in the supermarket, I could be on the boat, I could be tramping in the bush, I could be working, I could be cooking bacon and eggs, and I will find something that I can turn into a personal branding story. Journalists have it, you know, storytellers have it, yeah. people who, but if you are aligned with your brand and you are the leader of your business, then you can find a story that's relevant and engaging Absolutely. and it's on purpose. I was actually going to say, too, with that thing where people worry about it, um, one of the things I've found is I've stepped more into, I didn't use, so I used to step back a lot. I, I was kind of waiting for someone to pick me. And I talk about how you sometimes got to build your own stage. But what I've realized is the more I've stepped into my stage and walked on it and found my light of where I go, the easier it's been to separate my personal and professional life. I just don't take my phone with me when I'm on holiday. If I do, I'm aware that I am gloating. Like I'll actually say smug comment here, you know. Um, yeah. I don't take it on dates. I don't take it with my family. I, I don't want to have my phone at dinner times. I, I want to have a separate life that is separate. And actually stepping into the light of doing the stuff more publicly has allowed me to have a private life. Yeah, absolutely. Which sounds weird, right? Yeah. And your time you've got to pick your moment but if you've got like you say if you've mapped it out which is exactly what you teach people mm. to do you a you've got a content plan b you know your audience c you know exactly what it is that they want and when they want it so if you know the time of day that they're going to be sitting down going oh what a huge massive day you know i'm exhausted and mm. you've got something that can help them you know exactly when to post and what to put Absolutely. out there and it could be a branded message. It could be a product sale. It could be a coaching invitation, or it could just be a story mm. about, you know, something that you've done or a client that's achieved something or a story about magnesium or whatever it is you want to talk about <laughs> that makes them think, oh, my goodness, how did she know? Or how did they mm. know that this is what I needed right now? It's a mind-reading moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So 
what advice would you give to people who are wanting to commit to a niche but are scared that it will limit them? You know, I quite often have people say, but if I could, like I said, you know, before we said your niche would be, um, you know, people who've gone through that what tam what tam moment, but though you're not going to say no to someone if they do come straight out of corporate, are you? No, if, they, if they've still got that same common need that they're just frustrated, they know they're really good and they've got to get themselves out there, doesn't matter how much money they have or haven't wasted. <laughs> no. Their passion for the last, we know the people that we don't help. And those yeah. are the ones who go, oh, I don't know about public speech. Oh, I don't think I could be. In, I just yeah. want to be behind the scenes. I don't really want to get in the media. I don't want, they're not our clients. They're not your clients. We'd have to convince them to mm. enter awards. We don't, you know, we don't do awards for people who don't want to win. Surprise, surprise. It's we do it. Um, so we, we help people who, and it's funny actually, because there's a fine line. You've got to, this is where the personality and the human elements got to come in. Because mm. there's a lot of people who go, I think I should enter an award. And then when they get to do it and we send them their, like we've helped them write the entry and their, their support document, we send it back to them and they go, I think you've got the wrong person. Oh, <laughs> it's quite lovely though, don't you think? Absolutely. And it's like, no, no, that's your story. That's what you told us. And, you know, there is that that period. We love seeing it. And I love seeing people just grow into this person that they really are with the confidence and the self-belief because they've now won an award for what they do. It's just extraordinary to see. Uh, but, yeah, so there is a finite. I think it's go back to that FOMO. Is it really... You know, is it really a, a, an actual fear that you are completely worried about and you would never go there with your brand and your business? Then don't do it. Yeah. Because if you can't live your brand, it's pointless. But if you know this is where you've got to go, if you are frustrated where you are and you know this is where I want to be, I want to be an author, I want to be a speaker, I want to create more impact, I want to influence more, I want to help more people. If you're really passionate about doing those sorts of things, then you need to look at, well, what's it going to take to get there? And it is a case of saying no to stuff. The I do think it is. No is a very empowering thing, isn't it, when you know your niche? Yep. And it doesn't need to be explained. You can just no. say no. I do it all the time when somebody says, can you come and speak it here or whatever, and I look at it and I go, is it the right fit mm -hmm. for my audience? Are the right people there? Are they paying me the right fee? Because if they're not going to do that and it's the wrong audience, what's the point? Yeah. And if it's nothing to do with either of those, then I'm just going to run away. So, yeah. you know. Um, and so I just say no. I don't explain I'm not available. I just say no. No. Perfect. I love I love no's, confident no's. It, it's great. But I want you to say yes to me now because I would love you to tell people um, what they can do if they want to know a bit more about you. And I have signed up to the thing that you're going to share. And, oh, my gosh, I was devastated because I got it and I was in a really busy space and I was like, I need to get back to this. I'm actually going to work out. Do you see it on the same day every week? Yes, every Wednesday. So I'm actually going to put it in my – this is how good it is, and I get lots of emails. I'm actually going to put a note in my calendar to make sure that I leave space every week on that day to action whatever's in that email. So I'm gonna, that's, that's my warm-up for this. Like, I am fussy about emails, and I think people send out lots of crap, and I got this, and my brain exploded with joy. I, I did have a bit of a shiny object issue going on here. But tell people, um, you know, how they get hold of you, but tell them about what I've been talking about now because it's absolutely amazing. Brilliant. I love it. I love that you are so getting so systemized around it. Because I have to. <laughs> when you're building your brand and building your profile, you have to put in that little bit of extra effort. It might only be one hour a week mm -hmm. that you allocate into your diary. I'm just going to work on my brand. 
And whether that's getting onto a podcast, writing a blog, you know, going and doing a video, interviewing someone, whatever it is, build your brand so that when mm. someone Googles you, you're absolutely Googleicious. You are all on page one to ten. People can find you, but more than just finding your Facebook profile or your LinkedIn profile or your website, they can find third-party content about you. Love so it. Other people writing about you, interviewing you, mm. you know, names like Forbes and Fox News. And um, I was in Authority Magazine the other day. I mean, hello, what a perfect, perfect. Authority Magazine. So, yeah, so so we send out something called the Weekly Rocket, which is what Rachel is alluding to. Yes, amazing. It's currently an email. We're upgrading. It's going to get exciting. Um, you're going to be part of um, the Weekly Rocket 2.0. It's been running for about, oh, over two years now. Um, when I first started at Rachel, I was going to call it the Daily Rocket, oh. and then I realised I was insane. That I yes, was just that would have been insane, and I would not have been yes, out of cope. Weekly is fine. So, um, so it's once a week, and it's six to ten opportunities that we've found, and there's lots of different places we get them from. Yes, you can sign up to Source Bottle as well and Haro, help a reporter out. There's lots of places you can go to to get these alerts that you've got journalists looking for specialists. Mm -hmm. But we also include podcasts looking for people to interview, um, bloggers who want guest blogging material, events that people like online summits and, and actual live events that people want mm -hmm. speakers. They're not all paid events. They're not all paid opportunities. Some of them are actually you pay to get into them. But again, if it's the right fit and it's getting you right in front of the right audience and it's going to create leads for your brand and your business, then it's worth doing it. Um, make sure you check all those things before you go for them. Is yeah. this the right fit for me? Otherwise, you could end up wasting your time. But, um, yeah, so... So there's six to ten of those and you can it's totally free and you can go through. We basically, we just select the ones we know are ideal for our audience. Mm. So if you are a coach or a mentor or a professional service provider, finance, real estate, sales, franchising, whatever, a business person. Anyone that's got a personal brand around services, right? Yeah. Correct. And, and oh, it can be products as well. We've oh, yeah, but like someone who's like the name, like I'm thinking of someone like, you know, with a thick, there's Brianne West. So like someone who's got a name or Nadia Lim with my food bag, these are New Zealand versions, but like someone's yes. got a name with a brand. Yeah, absolutely. And it's where you want to be the expert in your field. Mm -hmm. So you getting mentioned in the media or you getting interviewed or whatever. So it's called the Weekly Rocket. It's totally free. Comes out every Amazing. Day. And you can subscribe to it, which is cool. So I'm definitely putting that in the show notes. But also, um, do you want to tell people, is it like if they wanted to work with you, what would they do? I mean, um, like right now I'm thinking maybe I should just sell my business and, and like come over, take risk COVID-19, come and like just, you know, because honestly, firehouse, I, I called you a powerhouse in my introduction with you and I feel like I undersold you. <laughs> on board as another audacious agency member it's <laughs> exactly <laughs> and my husband will be a little bit curious with me but anyway <laughs> so um yeah the audacious agency.com is the place to go to the awesome. audacious agency.com um there's loads of resource on there as well there's my book selling you which is all about personal branding and it's book called the media magnet about how to get yourself in the media there's the planner there's so much stuff on there but there's also you can look at book marketing you can look at online presence. You can look at personal branding and publicity. We've got some syndication packages on there that give you guaranteed media. And the thing about those sorts of paid opportunities to be have paid media is we've also got repurposing tools on there. So when you get yourself, and this would be a big lesson from today, Rachel, is 
when you get yourself in the media or a blog or a podcast, don't just let it sit there and waft out into nowhere. Yeah. Repurpose it. Put it in your diary that every six months you reposition it. You I'm 100% with you. Oh. If you put all that time and effort into that work, why yep. would you show it to someone once? Because your audience, only 5 or 10% of your audience might see it if it's really great. Absolutely. And on your about page on your website, that's where you put all the links to the podcast interviews that you've had or the media that you've got. Put that on there because it's credibility. And if somebody's looking for you to be the expert or lead a workshop or speak or whatever, they're going to go there and they're going to have a listen to what you're like. So if you can put as much on there as possible, it gives them a wee taster. That are gonna, it's, And if you are up against somebody else, if you want to be yes. a, an expert, and they're looking at a number of speakers, the one who wins is the one who shows them and demonstrates that they can do it. And that they can see is going to deliver to their people, right? Absolutely. Um, so Lauren, you've been absolutely amazing. And really, I'm only wrapping it up because I've got another podcast I've got to record in about 10 minutes. And I, I'm, you know, I mean, I, I could cancel, but I think she'd be a little bit annoyed. But seriously, oh my gosh, I'm hanging out. Would you come, would you consider coming on board a little bit later down the track? Yeah, we've got loads to talk about. Yeah, I think we do too. And what I would really love is um, I'm going to, uh, I'll ask you this later too, but I know you gave me some really awesome information about you, but I would love just you to tell me a little bit, um, just you can email me a little bit about your New Zealand connections. I know you used to be a New Zealander and you've transversed over the... Oh, I'm always, I'm never going to stop being a Kiwi, no, no matter where I am. So we've been in Australia 11 years now, but no... Definitely a Kiwi through and through. Go the All Blacks. I've been watching the America's Cup, you know. Australians watch, Australians watch and listen too. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't live anywhere else. Australia's uh, awesome. I know. It's amazing. I used to live there too. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much. And um, I'm going to make sure that I've got your links in the show notes and also just some lovely things about you. I'm also considering, I may just, I've written down some of your words and I might yeah. do like a little bit of a um, directory so people understand what those words are. I love it. Yes, why not? You can check out my website as well. It's got lots of, you know, all these things. Sounds perfect. I love that, Lauren. Thank you so much for coming today. And um, I'm going to wrap this up. What was that? You're very welcome. The the biggest thing I think I'd like to leave everybody with today is to remember this. You have the most amazing gifts that the world needs. And you do deserve to be well-known, well-paid and wanted. Just get out there and do it. That's amazing. So I'm going to, at the end of this, um, I'm going to do a little thing, just taking a few of these and taking it a bit broader from your nation to other people's um, things. And, and this is so good. I, I feel like I'm going to be listening to this when it goes live again too so that I can I can learn from it. It's going to be on my repeat to motivate myself in the morning. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome, Rachel. It's lovely to meet you and I'm looking yes, forward to talking to you too. soon. Well, 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 oh, my gosh. For those of you that saw the video version of this podcast, you may have noticed that I was taking quite a few notes during that session. I found Lauren a huge powerhouse of information and I was overwhelmed with all the cool little ways that she used her own language to help her talk and explain things. It's something that I do myself. So I love seeing it in other people because when you use your own language, like, you know, the itty bitty um, committee, shitty committee, the itty bitty shitty committee and waft tam and, um, and, infobesity and all those other little bits and pieces that she used, it helps you remember and pull in together the threads of what she's talking about and then be able to apply them for yourself. So 
I absolutely love that. And I think one of the things I can really encourage you to do is, you know, don't be afraid of trying to get pictures or tell stories or use phrases that help define what you say to set yourself apart from other people when you're trying to stand in the marketplace. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that the things that, that Lauren talked today about, you know, people who are in the professional services industry or coaches and consultants, those same things can also apply to any other business. Our desire to understand who's behind the business, who's the leader of the business, and a little bit about them has grown so much with the advent of social media. And I think it really is because as communities, we've become a lot more disconnected. Our lives are often so spent online, even if we don't want them to be. And so quite often we need to have that interconnection. And it's a human to human idea of marketing where when we tell people more about us and show fragments of the authenticity of us, we buy from them. I know myself that I love watching stories and reading blogs and the about us on a website to find out more about who the person is. And if it's not there or they're hiding behind things, I immediately disconnect from that business. I want to know more about that. So a take action task for you this week would be to think, how can I show myself more? You don't have to show everything, but how can I show my values and my thoughts and my background and my ideas more so people can connect with me and therefore connect with my brand and then hopefully buy from me. It's a really important part and I absolutely loved that Lauren did that. I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to get her back on um, later down the track just to talk about a few other things because I found her awesome to talk to. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, the, the show notes for today is definitely on rachelclava.com slash podcast. You'll be able to see the podcast there link through to the show notes and we'll make sure that that link to that really awesome weekly rocket thing is there so that you can get that. I, I really recommend it. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about next week's episode. So you've got just me next week. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, but I really wanted to share with you um, this idea of finding your niche. So a lot of people talk about target personas and, and there's value in that, but I want to think about this in a bit of a different way because really, you know, we can drill down to customer behavior and things like that. But as a small business, there's so many other ways that you can target your market. And I want to go through all those different things so you can think about the ones that apply to you and the ones that don't. I call it narrow the arrow, narrowing the arrow towards success. So we're going to do that together next week. And I'm really looking forward to helping you do that. Meanwhile, go grab the stuff from the show notes, enjoy um, doing the actions from this podcast, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks for tuning in today to Map It Marketing with me, Rachel Claver. Make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you want notes or information about today's podcast, go to rachelclaver.com slash podcast for more information. 